everyone, Sabre from Hoof Falls and Foot Falls here, and we are going to be talking about rider weights, weight limits, and weigh-ins today. So kind of depending on your experience with the topic, um, you know, if you've had positive or negative um, experiences with this, it kind of depends on people's opinions. Um, this can sometimes be a hot topic, so kind of just a heads up there. Um, I'm going to be sharing some experience and some stories of experiences that I've had in the past dealing with this topic and also some suggested solutions. Um, there is not a cut and dry answer to weight limits or weigh-ins, um, but you know, kind of just sharing with you some things that have worked, some things that haven't, some difficulties that I've encountered so that maybe you don't encounter them and you can maybe be proactive and put some things into place. Um, so that's kind of where we're coming from with this chat. So, um, say where you're watching from, that would be awesome. And then also, um, how do you guys set your weight limits? So do you have a policy in place? Um, are you not sure? Are you wanting to create one? Where are you kind of at right now in um, the weight limit journey at your program, center, wherever you're at? So... We are going to be talking first about rider weight limits and setting that policy and then we'll talk about weigh-ins, whether you should do them, if you do them, how do you do it without causing a riot, all that good stuff. So weight limits. Um, there is really no black and white answer as far as what you should do and how you specifically set weight limits. Um, there just isn't. There's no specific hard and fast information out there that tells us that it needs to be, um, you know, 20% of the horse's body weight or 15% or 10% for an unbalanced rider with tack or 15% for a balanced rider in a pad set. There is no specific information that specifically applies to um, adaptive riding and even able-bodied riding, you know, the numbers are there as guidelines. There have been studies in the past, but they're still kind of generic and, oh, well, it kind of depends on the rider. It depends on the horse. It depends on the equipment. So, um, you know, we kind of have to take all the information that's out there for us and piece it together and do the best we can for our horses that we're working with. So, for those of us that work with students who have special needs, so those that have a physical, cognitive, or emotional diagnosis, um, and we have some type of you know adaptive writing program, therapeutic writing, what you just call it, um, there are multiple factors that are going to be playing into the weight limits of our horses. So looking at the horse, we have the size of the horse, so height and weight, the build, so are they more of a fine bone horse? Are they a heftier built horse? Are they a really big horse, but they're weak over the loin area, which is really important when it comes to the ability of the horse to comfortably carry weight. Um, are they a big horse, height and weight wise, but maybe they're getting older, or maybe that they have some arthritis or an older injury that can sometimes flare up. Um, what, how do they naturally carry themselves? Do they naturally engage their back and know how to appropriately carry their body? Or do they maybe not know how to properly carry themselves and so maybe they're not as um, fit and able to carry riders? 
um, of certain weights. So there's a lot of factors that come into play of determining rider weight limits just when we're looking at the horse. But then when we get into teaching riding lessons, whether it's traditional or adaptive, we then have the factor of our students. So the weight of our student, you know, pretty cut and dry, how much does the person weigh? But then we also have the height factor that goes in there. So a rider that is short and weighs 130 pounds, so let's say five foot one and 130 pounds, versus a rider who's maybe six foot and 130 pounds. Those two riders, even though they weigh the same amount on a scale, due to how that weight is distributed over their body um, and, and the height and how they're distributed over the horse, it's going to have a different impact on the horse. So then we have you know, the height and the weight equation that gets thrown in there. And remember that the taller the rider is in their upper body, if that rider deviates from a balanced position, the more that horse is gonna feel it, it's like a lever. So the taller your rider is, the more upper body torso length they have, the more your horse is going to feel it. Um, ability of the rider, and not just talking about, you know, special needs individuals. Like I've seen some typical individuals that just don't have that kind of natural ability to stay balanced and it's really hard for them to know how to carry their body and, um, and stay balanced over the horse. So whoever you are, if you do or do not have a diagnosis, um, you know, what is the physical ability of the rider to stay balanced and move with the horse? And yes, that comes with practice, but some people are just more naturally inclined to be able to pick that up a little bit more quickly. Um, and then also with our riders, are our students gonna be doing any type of position changes? So are they gonna be riding sideways, riding backwards, maybe doing something like around the world? Are we gonna be doing a more active game? So are we playing like polo where we're having to bend down over the, um, over the side of the horse and ride off center for a bit to whack the ball? Are we playing a jousting game in a lesson? You know, there's all those factors then that goes into um, our students. And then we also have our equipment. So is your student in a saddle or are they in pads? So um, one line of thinking I've heard, and you know, if this is what you've thought before, I'm not picking on you, just something that is a kind of a common misconception, is that, oh, well, if I have a rider who's too heavy to ride in a saddle or they're too big for the equipment that I have, then I will just stick them in a pad set and that'll solve all the problems. The problem with the pad set though is that when a rider rides in a pad set, all of their weight goes onto their seat bones, which creates those two points of pressure onto the horse's back. When a rider rides in a saddle, their weight is distributed over a little bit wider area um, due to the tree of the saddle. So taking a rider who doesn't fit in the equipment that you have for that horse, whether it's you know, an English saddle or a Western saddle, or um, you know, for whatever reason you're thinking it might be better, taking away that saddle just because the rider doesn't fit and putting him in a pad set may not be the best solution and it might actually cause more long-term discomfort to the horse. And then also for those of us that do adaptive riding, I um, mean you know, that's kind of what my page is about. We do talk about equine assisted activities um, and adaptive riding and horsemanship, so that's kind of probably why you guys are here watching. Um, but we have other factors to think about as well. So what about the safety of the instructors and what about the safety of the volunteers? So as an instructor, 
what do you need to do with that student? Do you need to help them mount the horse? Do you need to help them dismount the horse? What can you as an instructor safely um, deal with as far as height and weight goes? If you can't safely help that person on and off of a horse, do you have a consistent person who can step in and be your hands and your back for you if you physically can't do it? And then also volunteers. So our riders that need support going around the arena, um, you know, whether it's a thigh hold or a hold on a gate belt or a heel hold, um, if that rider and that team ends up in an emergency situation, what happens to those volunteers? If a rider is a lot larger than the volunteers that are helping them, um, or maybe they just do not have the ability to help get off the horse in an emergency situation, what is a safe weight for those volunteers to help assist down off of the horse in an emergency situation? Um, and we're gonna talk a little bit too later in the weigh-in section, um, I'm sorry, about in the solutions section here about, you know, well, what can you do if you have a student who has volunteers and needs help during an emergency situation or a student who maybe doesn't need volunteers and they ride independently? What can you do about that? Um, so we'll talk about that in a second. Um, I saw a few comments come in, so I'm going to go ahead and read those. So I see Melissa. Hi, Melissa from Idaho Falls. We don't have a firm policy, but I try to go with the 20% rule. Okay. Nicole from Virginia. Hello. Um, we have a set weight at our program and I have a rider that isn't meeting the limit. And while we're working on him through an, we're working on him through unmounted lessons and it's becoming increasingly difficult as he isn't losing weight to meet the limit. So um, great job, Nicole, on finding an alternative way for that student to stay involved in your program by doing unmounted lessons. Awesome job. Um, so that is great that you found a way for him to stay involved, but you're still honoring your weight limit policy. So very nice job. And then Judy says we have strict weight limits. Rider's ability also comes into play. Great. And then Robin from Florida. Hi, Robin. We have a strict 200-pound maximum weight limit. We adjust down for riders with physical disabilities or cognitive disabilities that impact the rider's ability to assist with positioning or emergency dismounts. Right. Great. So that sounds like you guys are probably doing something along the lines that um, I am probably going to be talking about here in a second. So, so... Um, you know, one of those, and someone threw it out here in the comments, of that rule of thumb of the 20%. So that 20% is kind of um, a lot of the studies that, that looked into how much weight um, horses and other equines, so like mules and donkeys, could carry when it came to like pack weight um, or everything along those lines. Um, a lot of those studies were more dead weight, so... Um, like uh, lead weights on there and then they would add you know 100 pounds then another 20 and then another 20 and the horse was on like a treadmill or a straight line track um, so simulating how much a horse weight a horse could carry in more of a controlled situation um, there really has not been a lot of studies that show the difference and the impact on riders who are balanced and able to carry their weight and riders who are maybe beginner or physically not able to carry and move with the horse, I would love to see a study that did
digs a little deeper into that. I don't know about you guys, but I would really love to see that. That'd be very interesting. Um, but recently, a study came out that took a closer look at that um, you know, 20% weight limit. Is that always the best? Should that always be the rule of thumb? And um, the one thing that they did start with is that the 20% weight limit was 20% including tack. So I think a lot of times we kind of forget that, that when that 20% you know, baseline is there. Um, it's not that the rider is a maximum of 20% of the horse's weight. It's the rider plus the tack is um, equals no more than 20% of that horse's weight. But there was actually a study done. I'll drop it, the study in the comments here so that you guys can read it. Super interesting. But what they did is they had um, a select group of professional riders. So these are riders that had um, been riding for years and years and years. They've competed at um, national levels and very well, um, well and capable individuals. These riders fell into different weight categories. So um, very light, light, medium, heavy, and very heavy. And you guys can see all the details in the study. For those of you who are maybe looking for a way to set a weight limit and have, and you maybe have people at your program that say, well, you know, no, we have to serve these people. We have to serve these numbers and their numbers people, um, showing them this study and this percentage and how many were so close to being abandoned, that might be the numbers that you need on your side to kind of defend your policy and defend your position. Um, so I'll drop that in there for you guys. So anyways, kind of rabbit trail on that study there. Um, so what do we do? What do we do about weight limits? How do we even set a weight limit policy? So a couple things in the past that I've done and I also currently do is because we're kind of in this realm of the adaptive riding and then possibly also traditional riding. So we have a very wide range of individuals that we serve. We could have riders that are independent and they can balance well. We could have riders who are independent but maybe can't carry their body well. And then we have riders who maybe stay fairly well balanced, but they still need help on and off of that horse. Um, maybe they physically cannot get off the horse in an emergency situation. Um, and they are also not cognitively um, aware enough to ethically consent to being able to hit the ground in an emergency situation. There are some adult riders I've worked with that physically, um, you know, they can't get off the horse in an emergency situation in a graceful manner. We do the best we can, but they consent and they understand the risk of, you know, hey, yeah, if that means I get to ride independent without sidewalkers by me, um, then I'm okay hitting the ground. And so how can we work around it? So, you know, what do we do with those students then that might need help supporting or adjusting their position or help in an emergency situation? And then what do we do with those riders who don't have any volunteer assistance or can ride more independently? Um, so what I have done for several years is I use two different weight limits. So my higher weight limit is my balanced or independent rider weight limit. So that means that they are able to stay balanced and they are independent when it comes to, um, you know, dismounting in an emergency situation. Um, and then also, you know, mounting and dismounting, how much help do they need there? That kind of factors into it as well. So that's a higher weight limit. Um, and then we have our unbalanced or um, dependent riders. So they're dependent on volunteer support or they're dependent on help during an emergency dismount. And that is a lower weight limit. Um, 
for myself um, and also one of the programs I was at prior to the, the unbalanced dependent weight limit kind of maxed out at 120 to 130 pounds depending on the volunteers that we had available. Um, right now my maximum weight limit at my program is 120 just because um, height and back ability wise for the riders that need physical assistance on and off the horse. Um, I cannot help someone in an emergency well enough over 120 pounds and I've actually trialed that. Um, I thought I could take higher than that but I am not able to comfortably do that and I'm not willing to risk my back to help someone off of a horse in that situation and I won't be much help if my back gives out on them. Um, so, um, and then also, you know, look at the trended volunteers that you have. Do you have a bunch, do you work in a farm community and you have a bunch of, you know, young college age guys that are able to help sidewalk? You know, your unbalanced supported riders might have a higher weight limit then because your volunteers um, are able to support them a little bit easier because of the volunteer team that you have. But if you have a bunch of maybe retired individuals or maybe a bunch of you know young high school girls that are helping out that weight limit might be a little bit lower so take a look at your volunteers um, take a look at your horses are they a lot of older horses um, what kind of tack and equipment do you guys have maybe you have the horses that could take a little bit um, larger rider but maybe you don't have the the saddles that can appropriately fit a student um, you know over 130 150 pounds so um, one of my solutions to the weight limit thing is to have two different weight limits. So have a balanced independent rider weight limit and then have a balanced supported balanced dependent rider weight limit. That could help. Um, and that is per horse. So um, like one of my horses outside right now, um, his maximum balance weight limit is 165 and then his unbalanced weight limit is 120 just because I'm the one they're physically assisting. And then um, another horse I have, um, his weight limit maximum is 130 balanced and 75 unbalanced. So you, know, you kind of have to go off of your horse. Another solution to the weight limit is write a policy and stick to it. This is probably one of the hardest things is actually sticking to it because um, I don't know about you guys, um, though, those of you that have jumped in on trainings before with me and we've done some more kind of one-on-one -on -one intensives before, um, you probably know my character trait is that I'm a yes person. Um, and I've talked about that as a, a strength and a weakness of mine. Um, but you know, I wanna do everything I can do to try to serve the people that walk in and say that they wanna do adaptive writing. Um, that's just who I am. I think that's probably most of you guys as well. With that being said, um, you know, if we're always trying to serve everyone, we then sometimes try to kind of fudge around our policies and do what we can do to try to squeak people into our programs, even though we know it may not be the right thing to do. Um, having a very firm and set policy and a, a very well-worded why behind it really helps when you have to have that difficult conversation of, you know, I'm really sorry, but this is our policy, this is what, how it came into play, this is why we do it, no, there's no room for negotiation. Um, and also, you know, publishing that on your website so that people know what your guys' weight limits are, that can help kind of filter out people um, that are above your weight limit because they know it. And then also seek advice. If you're stuck, if you're not sure what to do, 
Um, talk to other experienced instructors in, in our industry. Reach out to a vet. Um, you know, have them teach you how to do evaluation of you know strength of the loin. Um, learning how to do um, confirmation evaluations on horses to see how balanced they are, how they carry themselves, um, how to notice the difference between a horse tracking on the flat without a rider weight versus a horse tracking on the flat with a rider on them and you know the changes in gait there. Um, so reach out and seek advice if you need to. So um, a few more comments came in so I'm going to read those really quick. Um, so let's see so Barb, hi Barb, thanks for joining in. She said we're starting out with 175 pound weight limit. Susan from Idaho, hi Susan. Stephanie said that I've had an issue with rider weight, perfect storm, and I've been much more conscious since as my horse was definitely telling me he was hurting. Yeah, so, um, you know, it gets a little tricky there too when, when we're already working with a, a client and stuff is just not going right, and we're noticing that our horse is talking to us, um, and what do we do about that? All right, so, Shelly... Hi Shelly, um, she said firm limit, but down to 165s including tack. For most of our herd currently at my center doing an aging herd as well as a large number of volunteers who can't perform emergency dismount effectively with a larger person. Yeah, so great job Shelly, um, you know, you're taking into consideration your horse and your equipment, so very good. Alright, so um, weigh-ins. What a fun topic. I get some bug-eyed looks when people hear I do consistent weigh-ins with every single student I work with. So I want to hear from you guys. Do you guys weigh in your participants? Um, ooh, there go my notes, sorry. <laughs> uh, so weigh-ins are something that I have not always done. Um, it has probably been within the past, I want to say four to five years that I finally um, have made it a very consistent thing that I do. And how it came to be is that we used to take people on their word and whatever weight they put down on the packet, um, that's what they were. But then we were kind of seeing this trend of like, oh man, this packet says that this person weighs 165 pounds, but they look like they weigh more than that. And not being mean, this is just matter of fact, um, you know, what we're observing. Um, and it could be even a little tiny kiddo, you know, that the packet says that they weigh 40 pounds, but they maybe look like they hit a growth spurt and they're maybe like 90 pounds. Um, so, you know, all sizes of riders this can apply to. And so we were kind of in this odd situation of like, well, we're noticing that the weights that are given to us on the packet are not necessarily matching up with what we're seeing. How can we fairly... Um, fairly and accurately, you know, do this without hurting feelings, with it being fair, um, and without approaching certain people who you're like, you know, I think you're lying about your weight on the packet. What do we do? So we implemented a weigh-in policy. Um, so uh, what we do is at the beginning of each ride year, so for us here in Arizona, our ride year usually starts in September, um, participants turn in their packet and their information in August, we screen it over, kind of make initial plans as far as what volunteers and what horses that they would be going with. And then they had the option of either coming in um, to the office before classes began and doing a weigh-in, you know, like a week or so before classes began, or they could wait to the first night of class and they had to step on a scale before they could go ride. 
Um, and we told people that, you know, if you're over your horse's weight limit, when you weigh in that night, because it's, you know, five or 10 pounds different than what you told us, we care greatly about you. And because of that, you will not be allowed to ride your horse if you are over their weight limit. And of course, you know, as we're planning um, these horse and rider matches, we try to leave a little extra room as, as you know, five to 10 pounds so that if a rider weighs in a few extra pounds, um, it's not a big deal. And we can just, you know, give them a heads up of, hey, you know, you're five pounds away from your horse's maximum weight limit. Um, here's who you might move to, or, you know, you're getting to where you might max out of the riding um, for various reasons. So again, it opens up a more, a less emotional and less attackative conversation when everybody's stepping on the scale, every horse has a weight limit, and it's, it's just a, a conversation that anyone can have, not just specific riders. Um, so every single rider would step on the scale at the beginning of the year. Um, that I don't, it didn't matter if they were 20 pounds and four years old or an adult and um, you know, 180 pounds. Didn't matter, everyone stepped on the scale. So that is how you keep it fair, um, how you keep it accurate. Um, and how you don't get accused of discriminating against riders because it's everyone. Uh, then we also had the rule that after um, our holiday break, because Thanksgiving and Christmas and New Year's happens and everyone eats a lot, including me, um, we do another weigh-in before we start the second half of the ride year. So as people came back in January, um, we did another weigh-in to make sure that they were accurate. Um, we encouraged, I would send out a reminder to students saying, hey guys, just, re just a reminder, there's a weigh-in at the beginning of the session. If you feel like something has changed, whether you've um, gained or lost weight, please let me know so that we can ensure that it's a very safe match for your tech, your horse, and your volunteers. Um, and you, you're more than welcome to stop by and um, uh, weigh in here or you could do it at home all of that and I had to remind people too to weigh in with clothing and boots on <laughs> because a lot of people did like the out of the shower weight which is like you know five to eight pounds less and then they step on the scale at the barn and they're like wait no this isn't what I weigh at home so I had to remind people that you don't ride naked so um, remind your students of that that was a joke around the barn that we don't ride naked and that you need to give that um, <laughs> give that uh, consideration when you're weighing yourself um, and then also for the riders who were close to their horse's maximum weight limit, and again, this could be like a pony and the kid weighs 70 pounds, um, and then a rider, an adult rider who's on a horse and they weigh 165, doesn't matter. If you were within about five pounds, sometimes 10 pounds, kind of depending on if that person was in a growth spurt, if you were in five to 10 pounds, of that horse's weight limit um, at the end of each session you would be weighed again to make sure that going into the next session which are five to six weeks in length um, where I worked um, and at my program now um, that we had an accurate horse matching rolling into there and we had Of course, when I go live, there's buzzes and notifications and all this mess. So sorry if you're hearing buzzing on your end. Um, so that's kind of how we handled that policy. All of the policies were written. So our two annual weigh-ins, so at the start of the year, and then also after the half year break um, in January. And then we also had it written in there that if someone was within 
um, you know, five to 10 pounds of their horse's maximum weight limit, we reserved the right to weigh them um, at the end of each session. And then we also had a little disclaimer in there of we reserved the right to weigh anyone at any time um, as per the discretion of the staff. So that, we never had to do that. It was always planned ahead, um, you know, that we'd be weighing at the end of the session, but that saved us just in case something odd happened. Um, so I'm gonna read comments again. So I see here, let's see. So Nicole says, we require a doctor's note with weight currently doing weighing weekly for rider trying to meet the weight limit. Have had parents falsify the doctor's note too. Yeah, so that was a conversation as well as, oh, well, but it's on the doctor's note and the doctor signs it, so isn't that good enough? Because yes, there is a weight on the doctor's note, um, but a lot of doctors just sign and they stamp and the parents, fill in the um, the weight on that form. They're not necessarily weighed at the office. If you have a really good, good doctor's office, they'll actually do that and they'll check. Um, but a lot of times the weight is put in there by the families and the families know. Um, and sometimes it's just a guess and they don't wanna step on the scale. Um, but you know, sometimes the families know that they're getting close to that weight limit or they are over the weight limit and so they kind of fudge it. Um, and again, this is just, I'm not attacking anyone. This is just speaking to what has happened. This is not saying, you know, speculating of, oh, people might do this. I, I've had this happen, unfortunately. So right there with you, Astrid. Um, so Barb, Claire said, weigh-in policy, love it. Yeah, and it really, that weigh-in policy, because people were um, very uncomfortable about, oh my gosh, how do we do it? How do we talk to people about their weight? You know, oh, that's a touchy subject. Make it a policy, just make it a, con a, a thing that you do. You know, we weigh in, it's not good, it's not bad. Um, you know, we had a few riders that uh, they, um, you know, they were actively trying to lose weight and they were going on hikes. And so like that weigh in time was a celebration of like, oh my gosh, look at that, you lost, um, you know, four pounds and healthfully, and we never, we never gave diet advice, we never gave anything like that. But like if a rider said, you know, hey, I've been working on being more active and this has helped me realize I need to be more healthy, these can even turn into celebration times as well. Um, so it doesn't have to be a negative thing. So Nicole asked, she said, do you publish the horse weight limits so the riders know? I have some riders asking to ride our ponies and that they are way over those limits and those can be difficult conversations. Yes, all of the horse weight limits um, were published on a sheet for everyone to see. And those were published in the barn. Um, so volunteers could see it, riders could see it. The one catch on that is that occasionally, um, we would have someone say, oh, well, why can't I just ride this horse then? Or, you know, look, the, uh, you know, there's sometimes one of those that they try to assign themselves to a certain horse based off of weight and everything. But then um, there's the whole like, well, there's the temperament factor and can they go offline? Are they good with a full team of volunteers? So like there's other pieces beyond that factor that we would occasionally have to describe um, beyond, you know, just the the weight limit. But yes, they were published, everyone knew. Um, usually, I'm gonna move this because my battery's running low because I wasn't smart and plugged this in. Um, but we would tell people, you know, hey, if something happens, either this is the horse we have for you next that you may be um, going to, or this horse that we may be moving you to right now has a full workload and so we're kind of stuck. Um, and it might be a couple sessions before we can open up his schedule. 
Um, or, you know, there is no other horse right now. So yes, those were published. Those can sometimes lead into some interesting conversations. Um, but yes, those were out there. And a long answer to your short question. <laughs> so Astrid said, I had a rider max out over absolute center max by a few pounds. Parents know, but are still bringing them to weigh in and accuse our skill of being accurate. How do you handle this on the spot? Um, so, okay. So handling on the spot one, I would, if they want to continue to weigh in, set dates for them. So, um, the last probably two years, um, we actually had specific weigh-in dates for people who were starting the program or who needed to weigh in due to, you know, weight limit, um, issues going on. And so that way they weren't constantly walking in and trying to do that. Um, and also their argument of, oh, well, it's your scale's fault. Well, that's the scale that every single rider uses here at the facility. That's your answer to them. Um, and you know, it doesn't matter if this scale is two pounds heavier than yours at home because every single rider in our program here then is two pounds heavier than someone else's scale. Like, you know, it depends. And did they just eat before they came in? And what clothing did you wear at home? What time of day did you weigh yourself? So there's a lot of other factors too that kind of play into it that people don't, um, don't think about. And then, you know, that leads into then, you know, okay, well, if they weigh in at the beginning of that session and they make weight by a pound, what's your next step? Are you going to monitor them every week? Are you going to monitor them until the end of your, your block of classes and weigh them again? So, you know, make sure that you're having that, that very open discussion and, oh, by the way, document it. Um, long story, but I've, I've gotten burned on that before of everything was going positive. And then um, I didn't document it because I thought it was going well um, and it, it turned nasty. So just make sure you guys document those conversations um, if it gets to where it's someone possibly not being able to participate in the participate in the program or like a heads up of, hey, you're three, three pounds away from five pounds, whatever. Um, so just document yourself. Um, and Shelly said, I had a student two years ago, so motivated to ride. She lost 44 pounds. Yeah, I, isn't that cool when, like, the horse can be that motivator for them? Um, I, my horse is my motivator. You know, if I, uh, if I get over a certain weight, I don't ride my horse. Um, because that is the weight limit that I have set for him, and I know he's comfortable at, and so he is part of my motivator to stay at a healthy weight. Um, and I notice he's happier, you know, when I'm even well below that weight. So Barb says, will you allow an extra pound or two when a rider is that close? No. Um, and the reason is, is because if you allow that extra half pound, that one pound, that two pound, oh, it's just five pounds. Where do you stop? Um, so it was, we had, it had to be within that number. So if it was, if our weight limit was 165 pounds, um, it had to be 165 pounds. It couldn't be 166.1. It had to be within that 165 pounds. Um, and that is just, that's because then you get into that game of, oh, well, you know, it's just because I ate or it's just because of these boots or whatever. So it, nope, hard and fast, whatever that sales scale says goes. Um, and then you're not accused of being unfair of, oh, well, why did you let that one person one pound over? Sorry, 
bad connection. Um, all right, and I'm seeing a few more comments come in here in a second. Uh, so Astrid, we use a free weight to calibrate and show accuracy that may work. Oh, that's a good idea, Nicole. Yeah, so there you go. Get a um, like a diving weight, like a 10 pound weight or like a workout weight and weigh it. That's a really, really good idea. Um, so final kind of thoughts on this, um, right policies, pay attention to your horses, maybe try those two different weight limits, um, the balanced and the unbalanced or the supported and the unsupported. Um, have a plan on how you're going to define those if you do go down that route. Um, listen to your horses. Um, have a why behind your policies. Why is this important? Why are you doing it? And then routine weigh-ins. Have those written down in policy. Make it just a nonchalant deal. You know, everybody weighs in. Here's the times. No big deal. Um, don't make it this big taboo thing about stepping on a scale and all of that. Um, you know, I noticed that um, a couple weigh-ins, probably about the third of the fourth one, people realized it was a positive thing. It wasn't a big deal. I would step on the scale in front of them. You know, it's this weight thing is such a taboo topic, I think, across our culture um, that it's a little, it's, it's difficult to talk about. So it all depends on, too, on how you handle it. And it's not, oh, well, I don't want you on the horse. It's for our horses. Um, it's for our horses. It's for our coworkers. You know, we're here, our, we have to listen to our horses. This is what we deem best for our horses. Um, it's not you, it's what we need to do for the horses. And then also, um, suggestion is don't give in, even if it's like a 0.1, a 0.5, don't give in. Um, stick to your policies. Be loving about it, be gracious, um, but don't cave in. And I know it is the hardest thing to do is to say no when they're, you know, 0 0.1, 0 0.2, 0 0.5 over don't do it um, because then that just opens up a whole can of worms and document any conversations you have regarding um, weight limit policies weigh-ins anyone that's close anything like that and like someone had mentioned earlier um, unbounded lessons are a great way to offer an alternative to students who are maybe over your weight limit um, maybe the horse they had got injured and there is no other horse for them to ride on um, but that's a great way to keep them involved and also, I should have mentioned this earlier, weight limits apply to staff and exercise riders too. So if you have horses that have weight limits of 165 pounds, staff and exercise riders that are over 165 pounds should not be getting on those horses to exercise them. You guys have to follow the weight limits too. Um, so that I should have brought up a little bit earlier, but that's a big thing that we see, especially for, um, centers that host workshops and certifications and the riding test days. Um, and, and you kind of just general interaction, um, with the programs is that we see that the weight limits apply to students, but they don't apply to people who work there or the volunteers. So just a heads up on that, that can get you into a sticky situation. So let me know what were your thoughts on this topic. Um, I know it can be a little scary, a little hot topic. Um, to give you guys any ideas, maybe a little you know pat on the back of hey you're doing things well. Um, that's what you guys are doing. Um, let me know if you guys have any final questions here. Feel free to drop a comment. There's a slight delay, so I'll wait here for just a second. Um, but good luck on this. Um, you know you're doing it for your horses. And I know it can be a tough thing to do. I was that person who had to enforce the, the policy. Um, they were not fun conversations to have.
but I can definitely tell you that talking to riders about the weight and the weight limits was so much easier when we had a hard and fast policy into place that applied to everyone and it wasn't just like, oh hey, it's kind of looking like you're getting there and you're weighing too much for the horse and the horse looks unhappy. Um, you know, having that policy to back you up really, really did help. All right. Um, so Barb said, if someone has a problem with the weight limit, I will just explain that if it weren't for the horses, we wouldn't be doing this and we have to take care of them. Yes, exactly. Adaptive riding, able-bodied riding. It would be us riding stick horses in the arena, I guess, right? <laughs> so yeah, we absolutely have to take care of our horses. Our horses can't verbalize with words, you know, saying, hey, this person's weighing too much, this is uncomfortable, my equipment doesn't fit, uh, uh, the, the person's too big for the saddle and it's pushing in, um, you know, their butt bones are in my back because they're in a pad set. Um, you know, we have to advocate for our horse and we have to pay attention to what they're saying. And if you notice a horse telling you something is not right, try dropping their weight limit by five pounds, 10 pounds, 15 pounds sometimes, depending on what you're seeing. Um, you know, again, check tack fit, all of that. So Ellen Edwards says, what do you do if you already have riders over a weight limit you would want to put in place for your program? Ooh, good one. I have encountered that one. Um, so what we did is, and it's sometimes hard to wait it out if you're seeing some major issues. Again, if there's like a major safety issue going on, I would address it right away and just go under the safety thing of, you know, hey, this horse is saying that it's not right. He's nipping at people. He's biting. Um, he's not wanting to move forward, whatever you're seeing. If it's more of just those, I would like to lower our weight limit because I think it would extend the life of our horses in the program. Um, be tactful about when you choose to implement a policy. So usually if it was a big policy change, like shifting a weight limit down, you know, a certain number of pounds or implementing weight limit for the first time, we would wait until the beginning of a new year, um, or I wait to the beginning of a new year to implement a policy. So for me, that is, um, September. Um, you know, if it, if it's something that can't wait, maybe there's like a really good like halfway breaker mark. So maybe like January when you come back after a holiday break, that's a good time where you can say that, you know, hey, we had to do some major reassessments. Here are new policies that we're putting into play. Here's why. Um, but if you can, and if you have like an official start of your program year, I would suggest doing it then. Um, but it can be really, really hard to wait those out. So I, I feel you there if you're kind of playing your cards on how to, to work that in. Um, Nicole says, thanks. This is a huge focus for me right now. And I appreciate the timeliness and suggestion of this chat. Good. I'm glad it is helpful. So, um, yeah. And let me know if you guys have any other comments beyond this. And, um, after the live time's over, feel free to shoot me a message on Facebook, uh, messenger. You can still comment here. Um, or you can even shoot me an email, saber.p at hoofallsandfootfalls.com. Shelly said, our herd as a whole is so much happier since implementing a lesser weight limit for each horse. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, it takes a big toll on our horses and we ask our horses to do a lot. For those of us that do adaptive riding where we have um, riders with disabilities and then also usually volunteers handling them, it's not just our horses packing around riders 
They also have countless other people handling them. They have other people touching them. They have that emotional baggage that comes with people, um, which happens in traditional riding too. But you know, our horses um, in equine assisted activities and therapies programs, they have a very unique job that functions differently than traditional riding. And um, I think horses too, again, personal opinion here based off of observation and studies that are coming out, I think a lot of horses in traditional programs have too heavy of riders on them. Um, I think it's a chronic problem across our industry, no matter if you are in the adaptive realm or if you're in the able-bodied realm. So I think, um, you know, maybe we can be that turning tide of really respecting our horses and what they are capable of doing. Um, you know, because there's that, you know, the, is it like the 50-50 dateline episode where they're always saying, you know, the, the human waistline is growing, but nothing is changing. You know, humans are getting bigger. Our horses are not necessarily getting bigger. Um, so we're going to have to address this problem sometime. Um, and, and I think now is the time because we need our program horses. Like, you know, um, like Ellen said is that, or someone said, sorry, someone said that, you know, we need our horses. We can't do what we do without them. All right. So thank you guys so much with, um, for jumping on live. If you're watching on a replay, thank you so much. Feel free to drop comments. Even if you're watching on a replay, um, good luck. Feel free to ask questions, um, after this chat via messenger or Facebook. If you guys want more information on the study, I will drop a link and also um, myself and Jenny Nell Hartung did a presentation on naughty horses and we talked pretty extensively about the weight limits and policies and all of that. That presentation is in the Intuitive Instructor Club so if you're interested in a membership um, check that out. I can drop a comment here as well and also the discussion on bareback pads versus saddles and you know how that plays into this and how bareback pads are not necessarily the one-size-fits-all solution to everything. Uh, Michelle LaFleur does an excellent presentation on that in the Intuitive Instructor Club as well. So have a wonderful rest of your day and thank you guys so much for joining in live and I'll see you guys on the next live chat.